but we didn't have a penny. Okay. Um, okay. We didn't even have 3,000. Right. right. Uh, so that's that's why Michael's is called Michael's because when we started, yeah. we didn't have enough money to change the sign outside okay. of the... That's gas. Outside of the restaurant. Guardian Irish Business Podcast is a tour around the entrepreneurial industry here in Dublin and across the country. We have the great privilege here at Guardian of working with some of the most inspiring and influential small businesses in Ireland and the people that run them who are forming and shaping the future of many different sectors of the Irish economy. I thought it would be interesting to chat to and learn from these people, which we do every day but memorialize it in a podcast which could then be shared with our friends and clients and you, the listener. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome today here uh, Gaz Smith, owner of Michaels and Marion and soon to be Michaels at Blackrock. Gaz, thanks very much for coming. How's all things today? All good, all good, all good. You're looking very well. Thank so. you. <laughs> You're a flatterer. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, well, before we get on to your new venture, tell me, where did it all start from you? A man born in Wexford, raised in Oxford, and returned to Dublin. Tell me about that. What, what's the time scale on that? Oh, so we're actually from Arklow and Gorey. So um, so half Wexford, half Wicklow. Okay. Um, went to the UK then in the building boom, and I came back when I was I was sixteen. Right. Okay. Uh, maybe seventeen. Right. Um, and been here since. Travelled around Ireland with the work. Uh, went to live in Vienna for six years and came back. We're back home now six years as well. Okay. okay. Um, and come here, you went very fast there, right? You mentioned going to the UK and the building boom. Was that your dad was the driver of that or were you? That was grandparents. Grandparents. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, but off you went and emigrated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so again, if you don't mind me stopping you, Vienna, tell me what was the, your, your, your position in life or story in life at that time where you had you already gotten into the industry or well, yeah yeah so um we were running a restaurant in Clontarf called restaurant 1014 okay. um we had gabby was probably two or three at the stage okay. um and the recession was just starting to bite you know right you could just hear the hear the uh hear the wind rustling in the trees okay um and brian Patton, he Whenever he he would come to Dublin, he would he would come for us for lunch and dinner, and we got talking. And he asked. He had a a very busy pub in Vienna, and he just wanted to to ramp the food up. Okay. So he asked me, would I pop over for a weekend and um, just to just to give the place the once over. Okay. And we got there. We just fell in love with the place. Right. right. Um. So I got home. I asked my wife if she if she planted moving. It was all making sense as well. Um, the restaurant was just starting to quiet down. Okay. It was just starting to get a bit, right. a bit tense here. And so he flew us over to Vienna um, with Rita and Gabby. And they just fell in love with the place right. uh, straight away. Okay. So Was that 2008, 9, 10 or after Would that? have been 2000 and... 2007 okay. maybe okay so you really your timing was superb yeah mind yeah saying. yeah okay so we went to vienna um we had felix over there we we transformed the pub dining scene over there actually we were we um 
we were at one of the first gastro pubs. Okay. Um, and we brought I- Irish cuisine there. Um, they had very little idea what food we served here. They thought it was all bacon and cabbage okay. and, and that kind of thing. So right. we started doing doing loads and loads of seafood. Right. It was a roaring, roaring success. Um, but my German is terrible. Right. And okay. I just couldn't get in to the swing of it at all. Right. Um, and because I've got a stutter, when I tried to speak in German, it got five times worse. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, okay. And I knew that I had some some business moves in me. Right. But when you don't speak the language. Difficult. You're kind of handicapped. Okay. Uh, and I just knew that I didn't want to continue working for somebody. I was going to ask you that. So, so you weren't an equity participant in that no, 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 You were an no. employee yeah. working for somebody. Yeah. Okay. Profit share or no profit share? No, no, no. Okay, no. so literally. So okay. just a wage. Um, so I guess I didn't realize what it means to be a business owner. And okay. I thought it was all... all Rosy and glossy yeah, and, and taking the money. And uh, yeah. But I always knew that I wanted to work work for myself. Um, Felix was five. No, he was probably three at that stage. Right. Um, Gabby um, was just about to start the new school over there, so it, it was perfect time, and it was kind of kind of now or never. Okay. And we left Vienna on very good terms. If things didn't work out, we could we could we could we could we could return there. Okay. Um, so I came back and joined the Canara Group right. as their development chef, um, and they just taken on Michael's, in fact. And I I started to work there and I hated it. I hated the room. I hated where it was. We right. were living in Clontarf at the time, hated the journey across okay. the road. Right. And I I kind of I didn't dig the place whatsoever. Okay. But um and I actually left there to go and do a project in the Klonsky house where I did have a a a profit share plan okay. and business partners and okay. um it was a a very good learning curve of um of what can happen if when there is when there is nine when there's nine directors and and family members Were and they? yeah oh, and, okay. and it it wasn't for me anyway um but michael's I, I then, don't mind me i'm not surprised with nine family members yeah i've been involved with family companies and they're quite difficult where there's more than two people even though it's just yeah it was yeah. and and especially in the hospitality trade when um your partner's wife and her friends are out or their friends friends are out and they start to text that there is there is four dirty glasses here and it's okay. very bad service and and right, right. And, and that kind of thing you know um so the canara group wanted out of michael's and I didn't have any cash. And all of a sudden, when it could become mine, I fell in love with the room. I fell right. in love with the journey to work. Right. And and, um, and my mindset completely changed because because now it was mine. Right. Okay. But the bank wouldn't give us the loan for for Michael's. And it was a relatively small amount. Back then, I think it was like 30,000. Wow. Okay. Um, and that was, that was uh, fixtures, fittings. The works but we didn't have a penny okay and okay. we didn't even have three thousand right, right uh so that's that's why michael's is called michael's because when we started yeah. we didn't have enough money to change the sign outside okay. of the that's gas outside of the outside of the restaurant so sean 
uh, who owns the Canary Group, he wanted out. I wanted in. The bank said no. So, so Sean said, "Listen, I'm so I'm going to lend you the thirty grand myself right. and and pay me back a grand a week." That's very decent. And he said, the first time that I come here on a Monday morning and that grand is not there for me, yeah. we're no longer friends. Okay. And okay. and so so that was how how we uh how we started off. And but then it was all all the things that I hadn't crossed my mind. I was so fi- fixated on it being mine. I hadn't thought about um about seed money, about food okay. purchasing. Nice. Um so we basically we got the keys and I was like, fuck. What do I do and, now? What do I do now? Okay. And then we got a quote to change the sign, to change the name. And it was like, uh, I think it was like 500 quid. And right. I just, we didn't have it. Right. Nice. Uh, so we had my previous week's wages. We went out and brought the freshest fish that we could. Okay. And we sold that. And 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 we quickly realized that is what the people of Mount Marion wanted was right. just right. very, very fresh seafood. Yeah. And the restaurant was raggedy. Okay. Like it was, it was falling to pieces, you nice. know, um, all, all of the tables were homemade. Um, like it, it was, it, it was falling apart really. So we've slowly invested back into the, in to the restaurant. Um, and we kind of did things. What well, I, I don't know what I'd do it that way again. Okay. Um, but that was how I started my career in the first place, you know, right. um, that I started off uh, uh, at what would be considered the the bottom rung of the ladder right. as a kitchen porter okay. and worked up through the ranks there. So I think I did the same journey in in Michael's of starting off small and now with BlackRock, I'm doing a complete different way and okay. throwing, throwing loads of cash at it now. Right. To future-proof the, it. The Rolls-Royce oh. version now. Yeah. Okay. Um, but do you mind me saying that having been in Michael's and Little Mike's, uh, Michael's is unique style. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can't comment on the decor because I didn't notice it because I was so taken with the food. So, look, it's testimony to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very good. And then talk to me about Little Mike's. How did it come about? So that, that came about, um, it used to be a cafe, it only had, I think, six or seven seats. And we, Michael's was getting busier and busier. And there was nowhere for our guests to go for a drink if they were, if they turned up early or if guests stayed late. Okay. And often you'll see five or six people outside in the rain waiting to, to get the table. So okay. we thought that even if, even if we could, the lady who was in the cafe wanted out. And I thought, I thought in true gas style, if I buy her out a quick lick of paint and we'll have the place turned around for five grand okay. in a week or two. Turns out, no, we didn't do it with a, a lick of paint. Right. Um, we done a complete refurb on it. Um, but it just made sense because instead of using it as a kind of holding pen, yes. we thought if, if we got the wine license in there, we can give them a glass of wine whilst they're... Whilst they're waiting, maybe a nibble or two, and nice. then it turned into its own, its own, its own restaurant. Then, sure. Um, we I, f- I must say again, having been a totally different style, mm-hmm. very very nice, uh, but different vibe than than Michael's. I can understand. So there's differentiation there. But again, well done. Yeah, it, really it's, nice. We actually thought it would end up going um, 
it they did would appeal to the younger crowd. Right. Um, but it's not, you know, it's it attracts a fairly a fair a fairly mature crowd who would come with a family on a Thursday night into right. into into Michael's and get get the get the nice comfortable meal and then they're there at at the bar counter on the Friday night then um, right. and it's very lively in there. It's very jazzed up, you know. It's very, it, it's um, it's fairly raucous in yeah. like okay. when it's there, uh, when it's packed on a Friday night. Right. Um, the people at the chef's counter would be would be in in watching the chefs cook cook. You know, okay. it's a good little spot. Fantastic, yeah, very very good. Um, you mentioned there just very briefly. You touched on kitchen porter. Talk to me about how you got into this business because. Again, do you mind me asking when you did you go to college? Did you just start working from being a young person? And did you how did you first get your your grow or your interest in the food industry? Well, uh, I guess I started working very very young. Was never great in school. Um, I was was fairly smart um, when I was a kid, and then um, didn't really like school. Okay. But I hated having my hand out and 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 having to ask for things so okay. if i wanted let's say a new fishing rod right. I, I would go and work in the markets and okay. um so i got my first job in the butchers uh i was probably only 12 or 13 right. and i was great for blagging about about my age okay um so i think you have to be 14 and and so i i was probably 12 or 13 out at that age, I probably had four, four small part-time jobs: nice. um, a paper round before work, paper round. So sorry, a paper round before school, a paper round after school, right. working in a video shop and a butcher's. Very good. On weekends, so I was always a grafter, right. um, nice. and 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 no, never went to college. I fell into the trade completely by uh, chance. So I. Left school, what was I, 15, okay. um, and went to the to the um, the jobs careers place. And okay. they had me in a nine-to-five place doing some clerical work. And I just, after, Don't think that's no, you. No, 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 not. Okay. So I had moved out, 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 out of home by that stage, and I had had rent to pay. Right. So I just took the first job that was there and okay. that was um that was as a kitchen porter in a department store right um and in, in dublin here or in, that in... was in the uk in the uk okay yeah right, right. um so and then I, I think that i think that 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 people think that i had this this passion for food from okay. a kid and we used to eat farmhouse vegetables and right. I couldn't be further from the truth, right. you know. So was your mum or dad in the food industry? Not job? whatsoever. Okay. Our our kind of whole cuisine in our house was was Findy, Finder's crispy pancakes okay. and yeah. fish fingers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah and, okay. and and waffles and beans and, and nice. um so there was no food pedigree there whatsoever. Okay. Right. So 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 that came later on. I think that I, I, I was 21 when I tasted my first piece of fish, you know. Right, okay. Um, right. So, started off as a porter, had no career plan whatsoever. 
uh, a job popped up that paid a pound more more per hour. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right in. Okay. Um, and but the food that we used to serve there was all jars and packet sauces and nice. Nice. um was all was all pre cooked. But I thought I was fucking Gordon Ramsay, right. you know. Right. Okay. Um, and like I, I it. It's mortifying now. Yes. But yeah. I, I genuinely thought that I was a chef. Right. Like, like, okay. And 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 yeah. um I remember then when we moved back to Ireland and I was this I was the this cocky sixteen year old okay. with his with his with his big big white chef's hat. Right. right. And uh I went to work in a a pub down in Wexford and the head chef asked me to make a soup. Right. So I walked into the dry store because all the, I had never had at that stage a soup that was not from a packet. Packet, okay. So I was, I was, I was walking around in circles in the dry store, like where the fuck is the soup now, you know? <laughs> and then I went back to the head chef, and I still cringe about this. Yeah. I asked him, "Is there a separate dry store for the soups?" Right, right. <laughs> Well, he ate uh, the bollocks off me anyway, right, right. Um, and it was then that I I kind of realised that I didn't know anything about cooking whatsoever. Okay. Right. But I I had learned by that stage about um, the kitchen hierarchy, how to manage a service. So so whilst in those early days we weren't cooking, cooking, I could run the pass. I knew how to place orders, that kind of thing. Nice. Um, so I used that as a foundation. And then took a big step back and learned to cook. Nice. And then just went up through better restaurants and better restaurants. But I still think those early days where I thought I could cook, but I couldn't. I yeah. was actually learning about kitchen management okay. and how to how to manage people. Right. Um, which I think you can't really have one one without the other. Right. Could I ask you, because you're, you're mentioning about this, you learned by experience. Mm-hmm. That's really where you got it from. Was there anybody in particular you met along the way who you to this day would say was my biggest influence or a mentor or you admired or that you said? Because certainly I can look back in my career and say I worked under some fantastic people, either through their man management skills or their technical knowledge or just you know their their conviction to the cause. Uh, does anyone stand out in your mind? Yeah, to be honest, loads and loads because because I kind of graduated up through that journey at each level of cooking that I went up, um, there was there was a different guidance figure there, you know. Right. Um so so back in the first days there was um there was a lady called Rose Brannock and she had the patience of a saint, you nice. know. Okay. And um I uh, I find that very often you don't realise that a person is it is your mental until years back it's right until until years later and you look back when you find yourself yeah. repeating the words that yeah. they said to you yes. yeah a decade ago um and then so it was rose that 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 kind of um that gave me calmness in the kitchen Very good. then i went on to the chart house and gary fitzgerald he taught me how to cook cook Right. Um, then I went up to Ross Lewis in chapter one. Okay. He knocked the bollocks out of me. Right. Um, but and 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 that was that was a very, very good learning curve. Okay. And um 
as the company grows now, I keep referring back to things that I saw in chapter one. I didn't okay. get what they were doing or why they were doing it. Okay. But I find myself um, copying it or yeah, or it. yeah, and right. and 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 so to answer that question, I think you know, it, there's been there's been many many people on the way, um, and very often you can't see it in the sure. show until and and yeah. and that is when you lift the phone and and uh, and and say thank you you know like i i i dropped a mail to a boss that i had 10 years ago just last week actually because i found myself repeating a phrase that they used on me 10 years ago and yeah. i was a little bollocks back then right okay. and I mailed them and I was like, "Listen, I just want to say I'm fucking sorry, you know." Yeah, and, yeah. and 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 we made peace. And and nice. and it, it, it's like it's it's like growing up as a teenager. Yeah. Um. And you think your parents are tickos. Correct. And, and when you hit, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I know this isn't about me, but my experience has been in my last full time job, I had a disagreement with the managing director. And I left that company a month or six weeks later. And looking back now, I started Guardian then 27 years ago. And it's the best thing ever happened in my life. And I, I thank that person if I met them again mm -hmm. uh, for the disagreement because it, it was uh, the catalyst that made me do this. And so, look, it is interesting. I agree to totally looking back. You don't appreciate at the time mm -hmm. what value you're getting out of that in life experience, business experience, whatever it might be. Yeah. 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 So. Moving on then to today, and I know you're absolutely up to your neck in your new venture in BlackRock. Talk to us about that. So I guess it's the same journey and the same stresses that we had when we first started when we first started Michael's, when we were panicking that we didn't have enough money to change the sign, but we just, if you just was to scale up that by the value of a hundred, you know. So right. um, we came so. The pandemic through when the pandemic started, I kind of knew this would throw this would present chances that I would never usually get in in usual circumstances. Okay. So we kind of um we wanted to catch the ears of every landlord across the city. Right. And we thought the best way of doing that would be just to keep keep plowing on. Um whilst other other places would have been would have would have been asking for um rent reductions yeah and and that kind of thing okay we plowed on right uh we kept all all of the teaming jobs um it was it was um hell <laughs> but it was very rewarding uh it was a massive learning curve okay and it presented us with a chance then to um, to look at BlackRock. Okay. When a premise of that size usually wouldn't have um, have come have come my way at all. Right. Um, especially the the deal that we managed to to negotiate then. Okay. Um, so break it to me. Compared to Michael's, what size is BlackRock going to be? Oh, I think eight times bigger. Right. Right. Eight times bigger. So okay. so we're scaling up. I should probably be more scared than I am. I'm, but I'm just not like I'm. I'm. Okay. I'm um, we'll make it work. Okay. Because we have to. Right. Right. And and give me an idea of what's what's the theme or the the setup out there. Of what so, will it be? 
kind of the valuable lesson that the lockdown taught me is to to not be dependent on one revenue stream okay um so we had the idea and and this idea came to me after after five or six pints uh, i was at a bar counter and i was listening to the table beside me complaining about the price of a portion of chicken wings mm. and it was eight it was eight euro in this pub but down the road it it was 750 and they were giving out shite about it you right. know right. but whilst they were complaining about it they were handing over 14 quid a time for for gin and tonics and margaritas and things right and it just made me realize that um of how important it is to be able to serve drink okay so it it just occurred to me what if we could transfer in a publican's license into a premises on that size because back then i was still on the fence about black rock if i could make it work for, for we've got 160 seats in there okay if we could make it work only based on food which is really really fucking hard you know yeah 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 but if 100 of those seats now could be just for people to have drinks sure that's a complete that's uh that's a that's a game changer then right so i I lifted the phone and so, sorry. So so there and then I googled um, licensing lawyer Dublin. Got Lorraine Compton on the phone. Nice. We joked on Friday when we when the judge when the, the judge granted the license that both of us were drunk. Nice. <laughs> well, whilst we had that chat, and nice. she said that there was a landmark case just recently um that would allow in certain circumstances to transfer a full publican's license into a restaurant planning okay planning permission and it was like being hit with a hammer like right. that's the light bulb mom that's the that's the strategy right there okay so that gave me a that gave me a renewed confidence and to go back in to the landlord and ask for the extra three, sorry, the extra two adjoining adjoining units, right. and also for full rights to the to the front area, okay. and we would build in that a big um, cocktail and champagne terrace. Lovely. So it went from can I fill up this place for food to nice. let's go balls deep on this, okay. you know, and yeah. and and yeah. Um, and do the do the full hog on it, and we've always surrounded ourselves with a very very good team and that gave me the confidence to um to go for this yeah right. and i actually didn't think that they they would agree to the terms but i think that they saw the value in michael's um and it it all worked out very very well okay so from nowhere we scaled up um nice. and put a plan into action and um so we uh we got the keys in january and we are set to open in in six weeks with a full a, a full a full publican's license excellent um very good that that i really look forward to that that's fair play so you you must be you're looking remarkably fresh but i presume you're working long hours and stressful hours on this would you believe i actually i i i didn't get a wink of sleep last night um we we went through the final project um budgets and 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 things and we are four hundred thousand over budget okay and i simply haven't got it right right but it's it's been hanging over me for a while now because we were we were steamrolling in into getting things done um there's there has not been a single cent wasted in that it's it's all gone 
into all of the right places. We had a few chances to kind of hit pause nice. and scale things back, but I was like, no, that this all just makes perfect sense. Okay. Um, and I was more concerned about not knowing the figure and being concerned about how much do I need to find. Now that I've got the figure, whilst yeah. I didn't whilst I didn't sleep a wink last night, sure. I I left the house this morning with a target. Now I've got Very to go good. and fucking hunt out. Okay. That's the figure. Right. Go get it. Sure. Um and, and yes, okay, so so uh, you've clarity. Yeah. You've clarity. Yeah. Good. Good. Well look, you're mentioning oh, I'm I might have to hit you up for a 400 grand loan. That's now. okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that I'm, right? I'm going for it. Do, you, do you take visa? <laughs> yeah. uh, you're sitting there remarkably calm and you're speaking of, of uh, BlackRock and a huge venture, which takes absolute guts to do. Uh, do you mind me just going back to COVID? Because many restaurants closed and never reopened, right? And I have great sympathy for them and I understand that. But you seem to thrive. And indeed, the first time I managed to get to eat your, your food was on a takeaway. Uh, and so talk to me about that. Who made that decision and how good was that for you? Or did it just keep the, the wolf from the door? You know what? I think people have this conception that I've always got some grand master plan. Um, but the truth is most of these ideas come to me from nowhere. And because I, I don't have a partner or an, any anyone to answer to, I can just make very decisive actions. Okay. Um, and when COVID hit, we closed the restaurant and there was a few quid in, in the bank at that stage. And because I was still fairly green in terms of business and cash flow and finances, I thought to myself, you know what, this is actually nice. We get to close the place now. Okay. There's a hundred grand in the bank account. We'll right. do a bit of a refurb. Okay. Um, we can keep the payroll, you know, and yeah. all is good. And I got home that night and I was going through the banks and and through the management reports and, and it was a light bulb moment was like, we are on 30 or 60 day credit terms. Okay. So I'm, so whilst there is a hundred grand in the bank account now, it's about to start hemorrhaging cash okay. as all of these direct, direct debits start yeah. to leave. Okay. And it was just in a blind panic that I was like, fuck. We can't close actually. Okay. <laughs> so we called we called in 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 the team, and uh, I gave them the choice because I knew what we were gonna do. I couldn't have done if they didn't give give the give the green light there, mm. and the choices were closed. But we just can't keep the payroll, right. or we find a way just to um just to do a few. A few meals to cover the costs. Yeah. Okay. And keep us all afloat, and to keep the to keep the um to keep the bank balance in the green. Okay. So from that conversation, three of us jumped in three different cars, went three different Musgraves, and started to search out um search out search out takeaway containers. Back then, there was no online ordering systems. Okay. And Just Eat wanted like 20%, I think, you know. Yeah, like, that's quite large. Uh, uh, yeah. What's the point? Yeah. So <laughs> in our in our naivety, we just, we put the phone number there nice. and decided to take the orders over the phone with a okay. card. And because we were one of the few places to do in food to go, right. um, kind of kind of restaurant food, 
we didn't realize how strong the demand would be because no one had anything else to do. Measure, yeah. Okay. Like the, the, they were all at home. Sure. Bored shitless. Yeah. Loads and, of money. And loads of cash. Yeah. They're, they've, I would say it's like the week after Christmas where you're just sick of eating the same food. Right. and. The, they wanted out. Okay. Um, and then so we decided to take orders over the phone. The phone was hopping. There was, there were people tweeting me going mad that they've been trying to get through for 60 minutes because okay. when you take that, we didn't have the menu up on the website. Okay. So it was all being, it was all being discussed on the phone okay. and then they would be taking the, the credit card numbers over yeah. the phone and trying to process it. So every order was taking around 15 minutes. I was okay. like, this is, this okay. is not going to work. Right, right. So we steamrolled into action. I called a friend and I've I've always been, been fortunate enough to have people um, to have, to have, to have people there who can get things done quickly. Okay. And you lift the phone, it's done. And, yeah. and, so he started to build a, a a website that we could take orders through and okay. um, and process the payment. Okay. But whilst that was going on, people were complaining that the food was cold. You know, like it was all completely new to us. And okay. the first week, we just putting out fire after fire after right. fire after fire after right. fire. But we 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 were very 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 determined. Um, and finally, we got there and found. And found a very, 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 very good system, and it was it was random things like we would, we would make up four versions of a dish, nice. put it in the boot of my car, drive around in circles for half an hour, take it out out okay. out of the boot of the car and right. see yeah. which one has lasted to, okay. as it, and and um and which one which one held up the best you know and yeah. ev- everyone thought we were idiots right um but. But that was that was the um, that was the difference between between maintaining the the reputation sure. or, and, and the business and yeah. retaining the staff. Yeah, because if you don't mind me saying, you still have the staff that you had pre-COVID largely, mm-hmm. uh, whereas others who closed their staff have found alternative employment, whatever it might be. But you've got the team there. The core team are still there. And, yeah, I can't imagine trying to reopen. With a brand new team, I just like yeah. um, it, it. It was all worth it when we when we got the guests back through the door and we didn't have to blink and yeah. and and great um, no retraining nothing like that. Yeah. people just back to business. Mm-hmm. In in <coughs> you stating that and you said um, I think you'd agree with me that the government supports were fantastic. The TWSS, yeah. EWSS, and you know uh, we seem to forget that if uh, POE modernization hadn't come in in 2019, we wouldn't have been in a position to do this. The fact that, you know, everything on, on payroll now is real time, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. And uh, compliments or uh, congratulations to the government and, and the revenue on doing such a good job, you know. Credit rest you, you know, yeah. they yeah. did, they they rolled that out over the course of, of one weekend. Correct. And it, yeah. was, it was as seamless as you could as you could dream it correct um yeah. they worked together with places they weren't yeah. they weren't they weren't trying to hang um to hang places out to dry sure um no they didn't and- put much red tape there and what i would say to you i think uh, the majority of people honored it and adhered to it mm-hmm. and whilst there's some some uh correspondence ongoing now with some uh businesses you know in the majority all availed of it correctly and it's been a fantastic uh 
project and mm-hmm. really you know it's good and to to have you here saying that in in the restaurant business and you've still you kept all your staff it's yeah well, well i guess done, you know what it did it it gave us a cushion and a bit of confidence had i had we had that because there was things that we tried and got it horrifically wrong and because of that bit of bit of support there we were able to get through that week and we weren't forced force yeah. to pull the plug yes yeah. um like we did we did a we turned little mics into a fishing chip shop nice. and it was an absolute disaster nice. um and if the government supports weren't there during that that yeah. could have been the difference between us us deciding just to close the doors okay um okay. Nice. very good. good good here earlier on you mentioned uh having a few points and an idea coming to you uh, points are part of your life and I read in your book about Rick Higgins and mm-hmm. having a couple of points and coming up with the idea of a book talk to us about that because that seems to have been pretty successful yeah it was good that was that I I, I still uh, wonder where we found the time to not only do a book but a, a book that was so polished yes um, and it's been a it's been a roaring a roaring success um, how many copies have sold to date or, or well i think aware? i think seven thousand and me and rick thought that was not that would that was that was not much but five thousand then we sold ourselves directly okay um and as as with all things me and rick we steamrolled in okay we didn't take into account things like that a bookshop is going to want their margin on it and their margin. Yeah. We went three times over over budget. Um, so then we were fortunate enough that we marketed it that well that we were able to sell the books directly ourselves. Very good. Um, and then the first run paid for the second run then. Nice. And um, so any any book that that we sell now is just a bonus right very good um but yeah so 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 i find the best ideas or the best friendships or the best compromises are found over a pint or 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 mug of tea you know like um good. like just just um yesterday when we found out how over budget blackrock was right um one of the companies we've had a great a great relationship with now for five years we've paid them in full on time it became apparent that i'm i'm gonna owe them the guts of hundred thousand okay and i was able just to swing by grab him for a pint and say look this and 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 because he's been on the ground in there from blackrock from day one he knows that this just it's it snowboarded very, very naturally. Right. But because because we could go for a pint and we worked out payment terms and it was it it was as though my my problem was half then, you know. Very good. Like it was Yeah. There's a lot to be said for just being honest and upfront with people. But again, your word is your bond, Bruce mm-hmm. Gaz, and that's gone and stood you in good stead here today. Uh that that supplier spoke to you, you went, you you approached them rather than waiting for payday to come along. And for you then to them, sorry, by the way, I can't pay you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go on to them early. I think people really appreciate that. You know? yeah, th- yeah, they do. And 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 um, there is there is there is a lot to be said for that. When we um when we were granted the license in court last week, 
the legal team came to me af afterwards and said that there was a three or four percent chance of that being done first time and said your entire team is so full of goodwill right and it was that that made the difference you know they all were determined to to make that to to make that um to make that court hearing work you know Very so good. it was good right did you what made you undertake the book do you mind me asking you know and and has it was it was it to uh, promote your business and Rick's business or was it just a passion you had or was it a moment of madness or and indeed could I ask you has it led to new customers coming to Michael's for sure I think I I, I think mum before she passed was always a um, was a storyteller okay and there were there was lots of books at bedtime and mum had always said that I should I should write a book okay um, I never really thought about it much, and then I decided that I, that we should try. Right. Um, so the book was never really about 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 making money because okay. because we could have cut corners and gone for cheap paper for cheaper photography. Right. We we could have like the they a huge expense there was was testing all of the recipes three times. Right. It's really expensive. Okay. Yeah. Um so I I kind of knew that if we were going to do a book we had to do it right. right. Okay. It had to be true to who we were. Right. Um and I kind of deep down know that I probably won't have time to do a a a second book. Okay. Um not in the next 5 years maybe. Not not in the next 5 years. Yeah. We've been asked though, um, but it's just I knew that that it was all it was just perfect timing. The restaurant was closed. We were doing the takeaway, but that that meant that we could turn turn the restaurant into a into a bit of a studio. Okay. Um, so the, it was probably the only only chance I would have. To do the book, right, um, and and so and but, so, so we, we jumped on it, right. Well, certainly, uh, I bought a number of them That's and right. gave them out as gifts. And uh, one in particular went to the person's house, and they they uh, produced the seafood lasagna, which nice. was to actually totally die for, like fantastic. Yeah. At the same time, they taught me to make the crisp sandwich too. <laughs> but the, the seafood lasagna, I have to compliment you. Uh, would you believe I I went back to a friend's house, to a friend of a friend's house there two or three months ago, and when I walked in and saw my book yeah. on their on their shelf, and I hadn't I hadn't I hadn't met that person okay. before, and it made me it made me feel very proud. Yeah, yeah, um, and and yeah. and um, yeah. Yeah, good. My, my only regret is not getting yourself and Rick to sign the books, you know, <laughs> collector's <laughs> items in years to come. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely look. It's a it's a fantastic book. Photography is brilliant. Recipes are very clear and, and detailed. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So well done. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Very, very uh, delighted with that. Uh, just going back to your, your COVID experience and that. So it kept you going. Mm -hmm. Give us an idea of the numbers, uh, an idea of the numbers of meals you were serving on a and and was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or was it Thursday, Friday, or was it all week long? It was. Uh, we condensed it down to four days, um, and we were doing serious numbers. Um, 
we were doing 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 serious numbers we had to do the volume because we had to keep the floor staff in jobs because the floor staff are usually paid with the drink sales okay. but of course there was no there was no there was no drink sales right so we we had to almost double or treble the volume of food to be able to keep the whole team as one okay so there was no uh, uh, this sounds bad but there was no actual job for the floor teams right. at at that stage so right. we thought that if we done if we done a higher higher volume we can we can maintain the payroll yes. and the floor staff can be out out chatting with the guests okay. and i think that we were providing uh the customers with a bit of respite they would often turn up 15 minutes early nice. chat with the guests okay. um and and land home then with their with their with their meal because don't forget back then everyone everybody was in lockdown climbing the walls yes yeah, yeah. especially when there was the 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 5k rule yeah yeah even the 2k rule was it yeah yeah Initially, yeah 2k rule and yeah yeah um so i think that uh, yeah so we were I if you think how small the kitchen is in Michaels we only have 32 seats right. to start doing food for two or three hundred two or three hundred people a day right um it took uh it 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 took some serious willpower right. I'm I'm fortunate that I've got really really good strong team of right. chefs who had worked in in big in big busy places you right. know right. um but to do the food to take away requires a completely different mindset and i swear it was a head wrecker okay. at start because if you make a mistake and a person is sat there at a table nice. if you forget their chips or if you give garlic sauce instead of yeah. instead of pepper sauce sure with a steak yeah you can rectify it in 30 seconds often without eat with the customer even even realizing mm. however when the customer has left and has driven home yes. and they've unpacked the meal and one person hasn't got the sauce yeah. and in one case and this was me for fuck's sake i packed up a steak and i forgot to put the steak in the box <laughs> so the first thing got home oh, just <laughs> no. um so my friday and saturday nights back then was basically driving from house to house with the stuff that we had forgot to yeah do. okay um but if you, if you don't mind me saying if you arrived to my house with the steak you forgot to deliver i would be delighted and Uh, yeah, just very pleased. Here's the owner of this business. Went out of his way to hand deliver this to apologize and do it. So nice, nice turn if you don't mind. It was saying. good. Yeah, yeah. When you a lot of goodwill, I'd say, and and uh, your clients, all your clients came back to you. You're as busy now as you were before lockdown. Or well, actually, because we were reaching more people, we actually extended the client base. So, right. um, so people who would have perhaps have never come to Michaels before, yeah. they were traveling to get the click and collect because because instead of doing doing fifty or sixty people a day now, sure. we were doing food for two hundred a day. Okay, um, and yeah, so so it it was actually good um, for business. Surprisingly, like. We were very paranoid about how how the food would travel, right? And we still can't believe the people come to the restaurant based on food that they received that the that that they got out of a out of a plastic box. You okay. know, okay, it's brilliant. Well done. No, it's been good. Well done. Good. good. Look, Gas Smith, I've really enjoyed our chat. Thank you very much for coming this afternoon. Cheers. Thank you. 
If you want to learn a little more about garden, you can go to gardenaccountants.ie where you'll learn about everything that we can do. If you're enjoying the Garden Irish Business Podcast, please do share it with your friends and colleagues and don't forget to subscribe, like and review wherever you are listening. Thanks for listening. Until next time.